seconds flat. Give me up. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! This is the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. He's been broken three times. He refuses to give in. He might do it. Look at that guy. Look at Black Zero. Oh, my God. Hello again, friends. Welcome in for mile 117 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. Travis here alongside my good friend Chloe Campos, soon to be Chloe Farr. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. When's the wedding? October 1st. Oh. Yeah. Autumn. Autumn. Beautiful. Yes. So Where are you doing it? Uh, here in Greenville. In at Greenville. Birds Fly South. Oh, cool. So, All right. Yeah, right in the aviary. That's where John actually asked me to be his girlfriend. So it's a very special place. Oh, for us. my God. Mm. The romance. I know. What an emotional start to this episode. I know. You already have me. <laughs> and you have a great story. So it's only going to get better. I'll tease that a little bit. You were recently featured in Women's Health Magazine, which is so much bigger than the Seconds Flat Running podcast, <laughs> but you like were actually a little bit nervous before we started, so I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I want to read the, this article, the first two paragraphs from your, your story that you shared with Women's Health because it lays a framework for the health and fitness and life journey that you're in, and then we will funnel through that more specifically to running because uh, that's what we're about here. It's a huge part of your story now. (laughs) I love that you're so into and it's been a a great piece of finding fitness, finding health. Mm -hmm. And then it leads us to what are the next steps and also the questions uh, and the the obstacles that so many people face when they make a big decision about wanting to live a healthier life. Uh, So to take your words from the magazine. This is Chloe in Women's Health this month. I've struggled with my weight for as long as I can remember. I can recall my mom feeling a need to be thin, and that's where I believe I got it from. I yo-yo dieted from a very young age, since I was 11 or 12. I used food to cope with many challenges happening in my life. I was, and still am, an emotional eater, and used food for comfort, which caused me to gain weight fairly quickly, especially when I entered college. Before my transformation journey began, I was very depressed. I had major self-worth and self-esteem issues. I was a smoker. I drank heavily almost every day. I had no energy. I was burnt out. I was angry, and I could barely bend over to tie my shoes. I felt like I was a shell of a person. I truly didn't recognize the person I had become, and it was really heartbreaking. I was looking for love and comfort in all the wrong ways. I didn't know how to communicate my needs or what was bothering me, and I used food to cope. In 2017, I weighed 256 pounds at age 26. There is so much in there, Chloe, that I can connect with Mm -hmm. and so many other people can connect with. But the one that strikes me, knowing you as I do now, (laughs) is this quote, I had no energy Mm. because (laughs) your energy and enthusiasm 
to me, are like defining traits in, in who you are. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's infectious. It's off the chart. How did that change over time? How did you see and feel that energy grow over time as you went from where you were just a few years ago to who you are now? Oh, my gosh. Um, I feel like I'm just my truest self. At this point in time, I always, when I was little, I've always had that energy and mm-hmm. that light and enthusiasm, and I always wanted to be the star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you are today. There I am right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so through the years of just, you know, the things that I went through, and then obviously the gaining the weight and entering college, that all just kind of fell away. It was still there, but I felt not like myself. I don't know where that kind of enthusiasm and energy kind of went. Um, so when I got to that lowest, lowest part that I just couldn't even recognize myself who I was, it felt awful. <laughs> so when I started to really like take control of my health and just eating better, focusing on sleep and moving my body. I mean, little by little, that energy started to come back and I started to feel this weight really lift off and it's like, oh, this is who I'm meant to be. And just now I just feel so full of life and Mm. just sun, (laughs) sunshine, radiation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So it it was more about maybe coming full circle to someone you had always been. Yes. Not finding something new. <laughs> right. 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 What were the first steps? You just threw a lot of things out at mm-hmm. us. Focus on sleep. Gosh, we talk about that a ton on here for yes. runners. It's huge. But the diet, you were smoking, you were mm-hmm. inactive. Take us through a little bit of that journey in the first days when I guess at some point you woke up and said... I want to change because there's plenty of time to change. Yeah. When I was at that lowest point in 2017, I just didn't know where I was going to really go. Um, and I needed a way to like really focus on my health um, and just kind of stay that course. But there was just too much noise kind of going on. I was working uh. a really toxic uh, job and I was working crazy hours. Um, I worked in hotel catering, so okay. it gets crazy. <laughs> sure. So a lot of that comfort and the food eating kind of came from the kitchen. You make friends with the, the cooks in the kitchen that sure. way. Um, so my mom was the one that actually gave me that gift. Um, she knew that I wanted to move here to South Carolina. I had visited a friend. Um, and I just Where were went- you living before? In Massachusetts. Okay. So Where in Massachusetts? In Oxford. All right. So it's about 45 minutes from Boston. Yeah. Neat. So, okay. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. So I had um, a friend that was already living here in South Carolina and I had visited before and I loved it and I already had a trip planned again and I just wanted to move here. As soon as I was here in South Carolina, I just loved it. So yeah. I knew I needed to change before that transition. So my mom gave me that gift. She said, quit your job, focus on your health. And this is really going to be the journey into your next phase of life. And I want you to feel like your best self. And I just am so grateful for her because I wouldn't have been able to pay my bills. Like she really helped me during, you know, those two to three months when I was still in Massachusetts, just kind of my job was really getting up. I was 
going to the gym. I was at Planet Fitness. So before it was just kind of like walking on the treadmill or doing as much as I could because I couldn't like physically do anything. So it was just little steps and then focusing on diet and just trying to eat better. So that was really the gift that she gave for me to be able to kind of focus on that. And not everyone has that opportunity. No, that's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that was the biggest. So I I knew from that, that was going to be like, okay, I can focus on myself before I move. And I just wanted to not so much reinvent myself, but kind of get back to how am I going to feel like my best self? So um, then, you know, the Instagram kind of came about yeah. and I thought, okay, I've tried a million diets my entire life and they would work for a little bit and then I'd fall off and go through the, the cycle of the weight loss and then the gain. It's like, how am I going to make this stick? Like my mom's giving me this opportunity. I don't want to waste it. So I'm like, I'm just going to document everything on Instagram. I'm yeah. going to show my whole journey. If I'm doing it for strangers, like it's going to keep me accountable. Um, so that's kind of where my unique journey, I guess, comes in. <laughs> yeah. So this blew up I know. on so- social media, right? First, before we yep. dive in more, for anybody who wants to follow the story, what are the social channels where they can follow oh, yes. you? So on Instagram, that's where I've documented everything from the very first start in 2017 up until now. So it's at fitgirl underscore felicity. Which is your middle name. Yeah. Right? So Felice is my middle name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so it means happy. So that was a great. <laughs> yes. So at fit girl underscore Felicity, Felicity on Instagram. On Instagram. And then also on, on the TikTok. The TikTok. Yes. I'm still learning. It's the same. So same. Okay. Same. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You're still learning, but yet like tens of thousands of people are watching your videos. So. Amazing. And just, ah, oh, my heart is just always so happy in yeah. that I'm inspiring others. And that's really cool. (laughs) So let's unpack more about the first steps because you had a really advantageous situation for a couple months and that your mom, God bless her, how wonderful, Mm -hmm. was willing to help you along the way. But most of us who reach that point might not have that flexibility. Right. So once you got to a place where you were back to work, maybe let's look at it from that angle. Yeah. What were then the things that you had to focus on to keep this moving? Mm -hmm. And because those would likely be things maybe that our audience could employ for the people who are in a position that you were, Mm -hmm. or as we'll dive into more, then they want to apply this to their running. Right. But what are the the baby steps before we apply it to the running? Yeah. What what happened once you got back to work? Yeah. That's um, so really it's baby steps, as you said. It's literally taking one little incremental step each day. So I think what is hard for many of us going into a new routine, lifestyle change. We just want to change everything at once. Yes. And that's <laughs> when we get overwhelmed and we're just like, okay, like I failed. I, you know, I, you're, you're eliminating everything at once. Like it's just not, you're not going to be successful that mm-hmm. way. So I always say start with one thing that you can do really, really well, whether that's just, I'm going to drink a gallon of water a day. Yeah. And that's my goal for this is the new habit that I want to create. And then once you get comfortable with that one step, like don't change anything else in your routine, then add another habit. 
and create a new goal for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I call it habit stacking. <laughs> yeah. So it's a great way to just master that one goal and then you're adding new steps in. So it's not, you're not overwhelming yourself of, you're really setting yourself up for a win, I guess, in, in yeah. that sense. So that's really what helped me of just little baby steps every single day. Do you remember what the first one or two were that you had in your baby step process? Oh yeah. So water was the biggest. Yeah. I stopped, uh, um, during that time, drinking really was a big thing because yeah. I was drinking every single day. So um, really switching to water yeah. was <laughs> my only source and then coffee. And then with food, I if you read the article, Fit Girls Guide was the community that I found on Instagram. I didn't know how to eat healthy. I thought, you know, it wasn't just chicken and broccoli. Like I just didn't know like how yeah. to cook for myself really in that yeah, sense. Yeah. So this community really helped. They provided meal plans and workout plans and just made it really simple. So I'm a creature of habit. I just you give me a list. I'll do it. So I think that was the other thing that really helped. It's just you show me what to do and I'm going to do it. Have you read Atomic Habits? I haven't, but I heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, wonderful book. A lot of what you just spoke to about your habit stacking and mastering one thing mm. speaks to what is written in Atomic Habits about uh, how long it takes to make something a lifestyle, a, yeah. a, a habitual decision that you no longer make the decision. It's just part of your life. To your point, this translates to running as well. Those things can get overwhelming mm-hmm. when we try to do them all at once. You provided me with some questions. We'll get into okay, more yeah, of them yeah. later. Mm-hmm. But questions that you had, questions that some people had sent you mm-hmm. on your social channels. Mm-hmm. And so many people in that new phase to running or I want to commit to running in that moment, they try to do everything. And not only is that overwhelming, but when it comes to running, it can be an avenue towards injury and towards burnout. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those are really challenging things that in a bit here, we're going to put a pin in that. We'll come back to it because in a bit, (laughs) we would like to maybe take the one or two things first for the new runner and then build from there as well. Like you just said with Water every day was a big step for you. Mm-hmm. I know you quit smoking. What was that like? Was it a cold turkey? Get rid of it right away? How'd you uh, do it? That That's still one that is hard uh, to even think about because I wanted to go into this journey of health and transformation and do what was right for my body. And I knew smoking, most smokers know that smoking is bad for you, but we continue to do it yeah, anyway. Right. Um, so I started smoking when I was in college, a freshman in college. And then I had tried to quit so many times. So it wasn't until 2020 was when I actually was like... That was much later in the journey Much then. later. And it was so... I felt kind of like imposter syndrome in that way. Like I'm trying to promote health and it was very secretive of, you know, oh, I just went to the gym and I did this and then I'm smoking, chain smoking because I'm so <laughs> stressed out. honest <laughs> yeah. and real and everyone needs to understand it's not easy. Yeah. We fail more than we succeed. Yeah. But it's only failure if we don't use it to learn. Yeah. That's Uh, so true. Yeah. When you finally got there in 2020, Was it a gradual, I kind of weaned myself off or did you say I've just had enough of this? It was kind of, I had enough of it. I remember the day before it was... December 31st and I was having my last cigarette. I was like, I, this is the year. I mean, yeah. obviously we didn't know at that point what 
the year in 2020 was going to bring yeah, sure. and COVID and all of that. So we, I remember we, John and I had gone out and we got Chinese food. It was like the last hurrah. We're going to, you know, eat healthy and all yeah. this stuff. And he knew he, and he was proud of me for like wanting to quit. So I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this. So the next day, I mean, it cold turkey. I did caffeine because caffeine was a huge trigger for me of like having my morning coffee, having a cigarette with that. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah. That was difficult. Um, So I was like, I need to stop coffee, stop alcohol, stop cigarettes. So I did it cold turkey and it was so hard. I bet. (laughs) Um, But I think about it and I'm just like, wow, if I could quit smoking, I was a smoker for, you know, 10 years and then just quit. I can do anything. Like, yeah, isn't in the, that the hardest truth? year. And then if I, I mean, when lockdown happened and ev- everything with the pandemic blew up, I was just like, wow, I don't even need a cigarette right now. I'm just gonna <laughs> work it out. <laughs> yeah, work it out. That is the way so many runners feel after you've finished a marathon, let's mm-hmm. say, for example. If I can do that, or if I can finish this workout... What does it say about what my true potential is mm-hmm. for what I can be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you went cold turkey yeah. off the smoking, yeah. uh, off the alcohol also. Yeah. And off the caffeine. All at the same time. All at the same time. Yeah. I will say I brought back the drinking, <laughs> not to say I was drinking every day, but I had like maybe one to two drinks during the week. And that was probably in like April or May of okay. 2020. So, and that's, it's not an issue, <laughs> yeah. which is good. Yeah. What have been some of the biggest hiccups or the plateaus along the way? And how have you overcome or tried to overcome those? I think, again, going back to like the gift that I had in the beginning, I wasn't working. My full focus was to focus on my health and working out and eating right, etc. I didn't have to worry about work. So when I got when I moved here and then I started working, it was very different to change the routine. So that was something that was pretty easy in the beginning. And then throughout time, you know, when you're dieting, it's not sustainable because it's just like you're constantly on this cycle. Um, so during 2019 is when I felt the biggest plateau of the last four years, because I, again, I met John and it's new love and you're just oh, not really, I know. <laughs> so you're not really focused for me. I was just in this bliss of new relationship and like my fitness goals. It's like, Oh, I'll, I'll go to the next class tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Cause I was doing a lot of group fitness classes at that time. And then little by little, it was me talking myself out of things. Like I had already at this point probably dropped around 50 pounds or okay. so. And my ultimate goal was always a hundred. So during that time in 2019, it was like, I would work out. I would have these feelings of like, all right, I'm on track again. And then it would be the cycle I would fall off. So okay. that was the biggest hiccups for me, but it was always, there was just something in me. It's like, you got to focus on your goal. Like, remember your why, remember why you're doing this. So did you have that just in your mind? Did you write that somewhere? Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I'm big on, again, I'm trying to take everything and make the connection with running. Yes, right? absolutely. Because I, I'm big on writing those two or three goals down. Yeah. I just so strongly believe it helps reinforce that value and your willingness to chase after them. Mm-hmm. What did you do with the goals? Were they just in the head? Were they in a journal? Oh, yeah. I mean, journaling is the biggest thing for me. Cool. 
affirmations were, were huge positive affirmations. Like even just I can do this was mm. the biggest thing to my mantra to get me through anything, whether it was I was a couch to 5k runner. Mm. Um, so when I was uh, working out at the gym, it was like that was my mantra going constantly. Yeah. Like I can do this. I can do this. So yes, positive affirmations were a huge thing. And I think your mindset is the biggest, especially in running now (laughs) that I, that I'm in it. Um, but overcoming it, it was just having that Instagram community too. And just the people that were supporting me and like, you can do it, but it was also the belief in yourself. And I think that's the toughest that a lot of people need to, to have and in this journey. And I think it's very put to the wayside a little bit. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, mindset, you know, whatever. But it is so important to have that belief system. Yeah. The research on the power of our own expectations is remarkable. What we can do when we set out with a certain expectation of who we can be Mm -hmm. and approach to how we can reach our goals. I love that community was a source of support for you, even if in this case, especially during a pandemic, it couldn't necessarily be in person all the time, but you you found a way to use social media in a positive direction. Mm. That's really neat. One of my favorite quotes in a a great autobiography from Lopez Lamont, Olympian refugee from a Sudanese war to American Olympian. And he writes in his autobiography, I've mentioned this here before, that dreams can seem so crazy. Goals can seem so crazy. But all it takes is believing in it and then having somebody else to believe in it and say you can do it. Mm-hmm. And it can become so real so quickly. Yes. And for him, it was his first coach, I believe, that mm-hmm. he had who... Who helps spark that for you? Yes, your mom. Mm-hmm. Those people online, mm-hmm. but and now I suspect your fiance. Oh yeah, Wh- where's he in this journey with you? <laughs> He's been just the biggest support. I mean, to make me just feel so loved and supported is just that's why I'm marrying him. So there's that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he is the reason I am running today. Really, he was the one that it really encouraged, but he never pushed. And I think that mm. was so important. Running is so vulnerable. It's hard, especially when you're overweight. Like mm-hmm. I, oh my gosh, the times that we would be on the swamp rabbit trail and I'd see all the runners going, it's like, oh, that just looks so freeing. Like I just yeah, want to be yeah. able to fly like that. <laughs> gosh, that is, you hit on a great thing that is something that I love about running and why a lot of others do as well. Yeah. That ability to, as you said, just free yourself, mm-hmm. just move through space Yeah, it yeah. is so beautiful. Mm. I don't know that someone as a runner always appreciates the challenge that a new runner faces. So the audience better understands our relationship. (laughs) We work together now. Yay! And we work with people and I know you hear it now. You're you're, uh, Mm. newer to this than I am, but we work with people of different skill levels and experience levels Mm. with running every single day. But something I know you've heard because I hear it all the time is the person who says, I'm not a real runner or I don't really run that much. (laughs) I don't know that those people understand we may enjoy working with them as much or more Mm -hmm. than someone who really is a really talented runner. Yes. (laughs) Because 
you've been through the journey. You know what it means. You know how it can change a life. Yes. So let's add in then the wrinkle of when running moved into the picture for you and you worked through that part of the journey. Yeah. Take us from couch to 5K. Oh, my goodness. What did it look like? (laughs) Well, in the beginning, like I said, John was the runner. He, in our first dates, I remember him telling me he ran half marathons and all of that. I was like, oh, don't put me down for that cardio. Like, (laughs) that sounds like a you thing. I'm not going to do that. So he never pushed. So, But it was always something in my head I always wanted to do. I always wanted to run. But again, the weight and the shame of that, of like not being able to physically do it was embarrassing. So he never pushed. So during, you know, 2019, 2020, especially, it was, you know, let's go on a walk. Let's just Mm -hmm. go on a walk. That's great. Let's go to the trail. And he would always walk with me. And then then sometimes I knew because running was such a big thing for him. It's like, I didn't want to hold him back in any way. It's like, just, just go, like you go, I'll catch up with you. And then when he would go, that's when I would try to run. (laughs) Cause I was so embarrassed, which is just so silly now. Um, so yeah, couch to 5k, I found out about it, but even before it was an app back in college, do you remember Tumblr? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it was on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember writing it down and trying to do it and then just never did it. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do the Couch to 5K app. It's very simple. I remember it. So that's what I started out with. And it was so hard. Number one, because in the summer heat of South oh, Carolina, yeah. it's the worst. So being heavy plus the heat, I was like, I can't do this. But then I remember it's like, yes, I can do this. Like there's something in me that I I need to start doing it. So with the pandemic, I mean, it really brought another gift. Like running was that gift for me, just mental clarity for my mental health, my emotional state. Um, So turning into just let's go for a walk little by little, it was like I started to want to run. Like it just evolved into that. And I didn't really have any training. It was just kind of like, how far can I go without stopping? And I think quitting smoking obviously really helped. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> hurt. That. Yeah. Um, so now going to it now, it's like I knew my goal. I always wanted to run a 5K. That was always the thing I wanted to do, um, but never did it until this year. So This year it, it happened, right? When did you do it? Um, in March. So the... Yeah. Chase the Rainbow 5. St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Great. It felt great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Let's add to that then. Yeah. Where you are now, you've you've run a 5K. Mm -hmm. You're out running consistently. Mm -hmm. What are the goals with running going Mm -hmm. forward? Mm -hmm. And, And are there broader, bigger fitness goals that you haven't reached yet on this journey that you're targeting? Yeah. I mean, for so long, my identity has just been, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. There's a point when you have to stop and like, Mm-hmm. You can't, w- there's more to life than just losing weight. So now really my fitness goals are to become stronger. To- yeah. So you took it. I, I, I was hoping you might say something like this because I was going <laughs> to ask it otherwise to take that, the base goal that you've achieved. And then you just spun it a little bit to other healthy things yeah. that are going to make you overall a healthier, fitter person, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily with just losing weight. Right. Sorry to interject there, but I think that's a great point you made. Uh, So let's get stronger. What are we doing with that? How are we chasing that one? Um, That's still the unknown. Health is very complex and um, trying to learn 
ways to get stronger, whether it's by nutrition, whether it's by, you know, lifting weight. Like that's something that, I mean, a lot of my movement routines is very cardio based, which is something that I enjoy, but I love lifting weights too. I just don't have a lot of opportunity to do that. So that's something maybe in the next year I want to really focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of running, I love it so much. I want to get faster. I want to be able to, I mean, just breaking my times of running a 5k, like before it was 33 minutes. Now I can get to 32, like little by little, like getting faster. And I would love to run like an 8k, a 10k and just. Yeah. See, I always ah! love to think about, I always ask when we get new athletes that Mm -hmm. we're working with. Yeah. A lot of the folks we work with maybe are marathoners more so, Mm -hmm. but I love to ask the big question of what's that goal out there that's so big it almost scares you in running. Oh, yeah. But we we have to have it because we put that ceiling on Mm ourselves. We create our own limitations. Mm -hmm. You mentioned John's been out half marathon stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, is something that big down the road in your mind? Like, do you ever think about, I want to run a marathon someday? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Like, literally after the 5K, I was like, I'm ready for the half marathon. (laughs) Thanks, one in Greenville. Like, that's the one I want to do. Yeah. But I think ultimate goal, if I could, I used to work for Disney, and I remember the fun runs that they would do. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds so fun. Like, if I could do a Disney marathon, that would be, like, ultimate for me. But it's scary. It's so scary. Like even trying to push another mile feels hard right now, but I know I can do it. Mm -hmm. So let's use that to transition to a few of the questions we got from the folks who follow you because they build on pieces you just laid out. Mm -hmm. One was, what are the top three things for a beginning runner? Mm -hmm. When you face that, like, there's a fear of what do I do? I don't have guidance. And uh, so you asked my advice on top three (laughs) things for a beginner. There's so many, but again, let's not overwhelm. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) Little baby steps. Let's narrow it down to baby steps. (laughs) Number one, I would have a focus on consistency. Mm. Not necessarily about I have to go out and get faster every time. Mm. I have to go out and get go farther every time. Right. But how many days am I running each week? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's use you as an example, yeah. if you're willing to. Yeah. Uh, right now, on average, how many days are you running per week? Three to four. Three to four. Great. Yeah. And then let's add a second piece to that. How long are you running? I'm going to ask you in time, mm-hmm. not distance. Do you okay. have an idea of how many minutes you're running? Um. Oh, gosh. Probably 20 to 30 minutes typically. Okay, that's that's do. fantastic. Okay. The reason I asked that is if we were going to put that in miles, mm. what I do and what you do and what the other person do, it's going to be very different in mileage over that amount of time. Right. But we can all relate to those number of minutes. So let's just, for the argument, say three to four times per week, 30-ish minutes okay. is, is what you're doing. I would say the person who is brand new, it's going to take some time to build up to three to four days a week. But that 20 to 30 minute window is actually really nice that you're in because it may be some walk jog. I'm going to guess you did that originally. That might be where it starts. So the new person might walk jog and you might want to then just focus on, again, rather than just running faster, extending the amounts of time that are in the run versus the walk. And then we get it to, if you get up to 30 minutes, that's a great place for an average run day for most people. I'm just, again, we're not trying to run hard, just getting out and running. Yeah. The next step I would look to take is 
a consistency element of can I get to three to four and do it for a while and and master it? And then I would look to can I add another day? Can I get to the fourth day consistently? Mm-hmm. Can I then occasionally get to five? We're, we're going to find limitations. You know, running every day may work for me. It might not work for you. Right. Or it might work for you, but it might be way down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so just being consistent and knowing you asked me a, a, a lot of questions that you had and were sent to you about how we actually get faster. Yes. And one of the beautiful things <laughs> about running is if I run easy but I do it more often, mm. a byproduct is getting faster ah. because of our aerobic development. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's one of the great things about running is like in my training, let's say I was going to go run a 5K with you, Chloe, mm-hmm. and, and we were going to race and we want to both do as well as we can. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't spend a ton of runs trying to run at that pace. I'd actually work on the stuff that's slightly slower okay. and build up my endurance over time. And we will see that especially for the new runner. Because it's like you said, when you quit smoking, it totally changes that aerobic ability level. Your, let's think of it as a gas tank. Mm -hmm. Given your aerobic history coming into your running experience, Mm -hmm. it was nowhere near full. No. Right? It was, (laughs) you were probably running on E. Yeah. The light had come on. I need to get to the gas station, which right now is frightening when it's like four something a gallon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But... How we fill up that tank is in part just running more often easily. Right. You see so much growth that way. So consistency. I would also think seriously if I'm just getting started about my footwear, because it's like the only big piece of equipment that I need for this. Make the investment. It's worth it. If you don't know what to get, go to somebody who's a professional and get fitted for it. You will thank yourself if you get in the right thing. And even if you pay more, it's probably going to end up being more durable over the long term. So take a look at your shoes. Shoes. Right? Important. And (laughs) and if they're old, even stuff just like how the tread has worn and, Mm -hmm. you know, is it soft? Are are we losing any support in it? It might be a sign because that can lead to aches and pains, which is the next piece we're going to get into of of something (laughs) that you brought to me. And then the third thing goes to your longer goals that you have moving forward. Buttressing this program with other good decisions about sleep, about nutrition diet, Mm -hmm. and about strength. Yeah. Sleep is so critical. Yeah, so important. (laughs) Just as humans in general, but as athletes, what were the biggest sleep changes for you, Chloe? Was it the amount of time? Was it a consistent schedule? Um, what did that look like? That's kind of a combo of both. I think creating that space to feel calm is so important. Mm. So um, we bought a diffuser, essential oils, the dark curtains. Um, I'm at like literally self-care, <laughs> making yeah, space yeah. like so zen. Um, and then having a consistent sleep schedule. Like I know I run best on seven to eight hours hours of sleep per night. Anything less than that, I'm a zombie. You don't want to be my friend. But <laughs> with this, the sleep, I mean, yeah, being consistent in terms of yeah. getting better sleep, not looking at my phone an hour or so before. And yeah. I know people hear that and they're like, I don't want to. But it is so, if you want better sleep, it's going to make you feel so much more vibrant. Get rid of the blue yes. screens, right? Yes. Yeah, there's no question. Sleep studies as related to running are so powerful when we see that 
it's not just getting the right amount of hours. And that is huge. Yeah. And a runner needs even more than the average. Uh, I'll tell you, Chloe, seven hours, mm. I couldn't function on it. Really? I couldn't function on it. <laughs> now, if I wasn't out running every day and mm. sometimes twice a day mm. and sometimes lifting weights or whatever else it might be, sure, I could. Yeah. But to really recover, where we get better as runners is not in the actual run. Mm. We are so much breaking ourselves down during that. It's mm. the repair cycle. It's the regeneration cycle yeah. that largely happens while we're asleep. The sleep science is mesmerizing when mm -hmm. you see what that's actually doing to our bodies. Oh, yeah. But then the next layer to it is, yes, it's the amount of time, but it's when we go to bed and when we get up. Mm -hmm. there, there's real evidence that for most of us, if you were on, let's say it's just eight hours yeah. to use a good round number, that a 10 to 6, eight hours every night is better than a 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. Right. And it's a whole lot better than a 2 a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. one night and a 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. the next night. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so the consistency of when we get to bed and when we wake up is incredibly Crucial. powerful yeah. as well. Yeah. Start there. Start with consistency. Start with balance. Mm -hmm. Start with running with shoes that are actually meant to be run yes. in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I'll peel back the onion a little bit more on the balance one place I've found great balance that's been helpful in just complementing the motions that we do as runners, because you you specifically asked me about dealing with the common aches and pains. Yeah. So many of those happen because this is a, an impact sport, yeah. right? We're getting ground impact. Mm -hmm. And also because we're moving in straight lines. Mm -hmm. We're not moving side to side so much. So you're going to get different injuries than you might in a side to side motion activity. Yeah. Uh, so doing things for the side to side yeah. complement this well and help you develop. I know you do kickboxing. I do. Yeah. When did you get into that? What's the backstory? Um, that was in October. So right after, uh, John and I got engaged. Yeah. So that's um, recent so then. Very recent. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, they just opened up and I was like, huh, I'll try this. Give it a shot. I tried kickboxing once back in college. I, <laughs> Quick funny story. I was partying the night before because it Perfect. was in college, right? And I was like, yeah, let's do this kickboxing class. I was like smoking on the way to this <laughs> class with my friend. We were hung I know. It's ridiculous. I, and I remember the trainer being like, did you smoke before you came in here? It's like, no. <laughs> Like, and I was dying through that whole, because of course I was, yes, you know, yeah, so anyway, I was like, I'm never going to do this again. Um, so when it came back up that I was going to try this class, I was way more prepared. I was not smoking and it was so much fun. It just made me feel so powerful. It's a great stress relief and running is a great stress relief. This yeah, is for just sure. a different type of stress relief of being able to hit a bag is really fun, <laughs> um, but it does. I mean, running has just made that fitness exercise routine like so much easier mm -hmm. because of the cardio base the movement so it kind of goes hand in hand and i just feel like a rock star in both so. yeah so that's <laughs> yeah you got a lot of complementary factors here that's great because that's what i wanted to discuss a little bit more is 
one, you have some motions that are different. You're mm-hmm. probably getting some of those side-to-side motions. Yes. For me, the place where I found that balance, I was going to say, is at a yoga class. Because mm-hmm. now I can strengthen some of those complementary muscle groups, okay. stabilizing muscle groups. I would give that a huge recommendation for the person who is new into running, looking for a low-impact way to complement. Yes. Yes. Yoga would be super high on my list. Kickboxing works for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, swimming is another really great mm-hmm. option. Some people like to get on the bike. I'm just, it's not my thing, but yeah. it's more of a straightforward motion. That's why I don't consider it as much in this complementary mm-hmm. balance muscle approach that we're discussing, right. but it is good cross training. And then the, to deal with that consistency piece again, as we now add a strength or cross training piece. Yeah. I would be really focused as a a new athlete on trying to add those to my running, not just switching them out for my running. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I need to cross train. I've had too much impact. Let's focus on just consistency in the run at a point where we can handle it. Then I add those. So maybe for you, when you're talking about three or four days of running, it's not truly three or four days of fitness activity for the week, right? right? It's four, five, six, whatever days when we add in those other factors. Right. Uh, that can go a long way in helping your running, as you said, because we're just getting aerobic growth. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then we're also probably going to reduce some of those aches and pains because we're stronger. And then uh, part of the reason I like the yoga, I suspect you would get some of this in the kickboxing. I haven't done it, but mm. I suspect it would be true is you're also increasing mobility yes. and not just flexibility. Running is never truly about just sitting and reaching. Mm-hmm. It's not in the way other activities, maybe like gymnastics, for example, could mm. be. But mobility, being able to control your body as you move through space, right. that's a, a helpful piece that could... Again, dealing with the common aches and pains. Just a, a few other simple pieces of advice for the, ba- the the new runner. The novice comes in and I'm sore. I got an ache and pain. And the first thing we always like to do is put ice on it or take something for it. <laughs> yes, that's uh, me. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's think about better ways we can handle that. Okay. One is if we have an acute injury... Mm-hmm. Ice in the near term certainly is helpful. We reduce the swelling, that kind of thing. But really after a certain period, um, I don't want to give it a specific number because I'm not a medical doctor, but the research I read suggests somewhere in 24, 48 hours for most of the stuff we're dealing with as running aches and pains. Ice is no longer our friend. Mm. Blood flow is our friend. And gotcha. ice is constricting that. Right, right. And blood flow is what brings healing. It's okay. where we get blood coming, new fresh blood, new nutrients coming to that area. Gotcha. Let's do more to increase blood flow rather than constrict it right. over time. Could okay. be helpful. Sleep is another piece in that too. And we're just going to keep coming back yeah. to this. Uh, <laughs> the free one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is so much the, the free one. The other piece you could work in here is perhaps the surfaces that you are doing your activity on. Mm. For example, if the sidewalk is concrete and the road is blacktop and you can r- run in the road, mm. it's actually a little less impact there than it is on concrete. Right. Um, I understand that getting to dirt or grass is not easy for everyone, but right. that is another little one that Help. may help out as well. Mm-hmm. 
And then what are we doing on the side? Uh, is there s- some foam rolling? Some of these things are, these recovery devices are mm-hmm. actually more mental than they are physical. It, the, the science suggests that like sleep is the one we know for sure works. Yeah. And a lot of these others are dependent, even like massage, that kind of stuff can mm-hmm. be individual person yeah. to person. We do know also that getting out and doing the activity over time mm-hmm. is going to reduce the occurrence of those aches and pains because your body's better prepared for it. Right. Uh, it's just health throughout the body, strength throughout the body, joint, ligament, tendon health, all those things that handle the impacts well. Right. Now, in your space where mm-hmm. you're thinking about going 8K, 10K, etc., yeah. moving up in those distances as you feel those aches and pains... An important piece is to go back to the consistency we talked about and not try to do too much too soon. Yeah. That to me <laughs> seems like the place that so many new runners or people moving up in distance, they do too much too soon mm-hmm. with the distance and your body's just not ready for that. Yeah. So again, even as you're moving up in distance, Chloe... Adding another day at Mm -hmm. that shorter time is probably more valuable for you. And I would also add then rather than saying, I want to add in hard efforts, hard workouts, Mm -hmm. maybe that's the place that you say, instead of that, I add one of my days is longer. Mm. I work on a long run rather than some real intense run. Those could be pieces that help you with the nicks and the niggles. And you asked about a stretch routine. Yeah. That could be another piece. Our approach to stretching, active before, dynamic before your activity. If you want to do the static stretching, that is more an after the activity, once you're warm. Gotcha. Okay? Okay. So I open up with things like leg swings and that kind of stuff, or I just walk a little bit before I run. Mm -hmm. The natural warm-up, we, of course, have on our YouTube some of these drills that people can look at. But then that static stretching, if you feel you need to loosen up, that's afterward at the end. Um, Or perhaps you can get it in another place. Like this is a beauty of yoga is I can create some strengthening, but I can also get a little more supple there Mm -hmm. as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be a routine, but that general sequencing of of stretching I find valuable. And then let's end with this one, the nutrition basics, because they're so different for running than they are for just being a healthy person in normal life. Yeah. What are your current nutrition basics for where you are a hundred pounds lighter than you were? Mm -hmm. What got you there and what is keeping you moving forward? What are some key things that you're doing, whether it's how you prepare food, what you eat, Mm -hmm. the things you found work for you? Yeah. And... That's such a great question, but it's also such a hard question Mm -hmm. to answer because we're so different. Our individual bodies are just so different in what they need. So what I've found that I think will just work across the boards here, whole foods go. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, very simple, like going back to whole foods, having quality protein, um, having healthy fats, um, drinking adequate amounts of water, um, For me, I am trying to stay away from sugar and processed foods because it just 
not only physically makes me feel like crap, but like mentally, it doesn't make me feel very great either. So that's what I've been trying to do is just listening to my body. What is it that my body needs in order to thrive? And that's just, I mean, no one I don't think is taught this to listen and really tune in. Yeah, it should be intrinsic. We should know that, but Mm -hmm. it is such a good skill. Your body generally tells you like, Often there's reasons we want salty things after a long run in the heat. Mm -hmm. Um, I do love your point about healthy fats. Yeah. We've been told to some degree that fat is what creates fat on our body. Nah. And healthy (laughs) healthy fats help make it work. Yeah. Could you give an example of something you like that fits in that category? Oh my gosh. Um, avocado yeah, oil. Yeah, that's the first one I was going to say. Like <laughs> avocado like, is great. Um, heaven. I love avocado, olive oil. Yeah. Um, honestly, I love half and half. Some people think dairy, like the dairy creamer is not, but that's a great way for me to get some healthy fat into yeah. butter. Um, I do love butter as a healthy fat. No, I'm with so. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think also cooking your own food is a huge, yeah, that's a big one. huge part of it. You're putting all that love. I call it the vitamin L, um, <laughs> vitamin love in, into your food. So it's just going to taste so much better. You know, what's going into it. Yep. You have that energy going in. Um, to really fulfill you and be creative in that way too. And we've discussed here with sports dietitians before that uh, making your own food and then making multiple servings if you're able so that you can use that for multiple yes. days <laughs> it can be a, a really valuable addition to your cooking routine. Absolutely. Um, so then let's last dive into what you said about the sugar because that's a key piece as a runner, mm-hmm. especially as a runner who wants to go farther yeah, and maybe faster. Mm-hmm. Processed sugars, the stuff you're talking about. Yeah, staying away from that is really valuable. Yeah, But what we see that may not be true of just the average healthy lifestyle for the non-endurance athlete mm. is the value of the simple carbs Ugh. in doing this. <laughs> that's something to be aware of. Yeah. As you get farther, and again, it's not just in distance, but it's in time because Mm -hmm. it's all relative. Right. We had Kelsey Pontius on at the beginning of the year, a high-level marathoner and an expert on this stuff. Her recommendations on the most recent science that we see and all the best new studies Mm -hmm. that go so well with what we're hearing from other people and what I've been practicing and I'm feeling Mm -hmm. in practice now is that actually on those longest and hardest days of running, consuming more of those carbs and consuming more of them within the run space as well is creating more efficient muscle processes. Mm -hmm. So we are then not creating as deep of a valley of fatigue afterward, which is hard to recover from, Mm -hmm. as deep of a calorie deficit afterward that we make bad eating decisions as a result of (laughs) Mm -hmm. and overall is yielding better body composition, even though it's not a type of food that would normally be great for us. We had Zach from Morton on a few episodes ago. I love their gels. That's what I use. Mm -hmm. There's so much sugar in there. It's something I would never normally eat. Right. So the trade-off that You, as someone in your place who's looking to run farther and and move maybe towards a marathon someday, can think about is, all right, eliminate them in the other spaces of my life. Mm -hmm. Let's just focus on them there. Let's not have the candy bar Mm -hmm. after lunch, Mm -hmm. but actually consuming those carbs because that's what your body is using to work effectively while running. Okay. 
can actually help on this journey, it seems so counterintuitive. Right. And, and as we've mentioned it here before, this came up in the David Roach episode on long runs uh, a year and a half ago. At the other end of the spectrum from you, Chloe, mm. are people who are not getting those carbs either during the runs. Right. Because they're the super fast people. The guy who ran college cross country and nobody on the team ever took gels during a long run because mm. you were soft. Right. Just because you can do it at that end doesn't mean that you should do it mm -hmm. either. So there's people at opposite end of the spectrum who may be able to come toward the middle here and both benefit. That is such a huge thing for you. Yeah. It, it, that's, yeah. That's, it's just so different than where you've been. Yeah. Right? And it's going to be new. <laughs> it's going to be new. But as you start pressing these runs out, and if you start getting out there for an hour, 90 minutes, like mm -hmm. we get to that point and beyond... It's going to become very, very valuable yeah. to you. Yeah. So in some ways, I, maybe I've simplified your goal of what you do for an 8K, a 10K. In large part, I would tell you, do what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. Do more of what you've been doing, but not too much more. Just take the baby steps that <laughs> you took to get to the place that you were in mm -hmm. from 2017 to five years later. Yeah. And smoking, <laughs> drinking, weight, activity, all of these variables that you have mastered mm. and shared with the world to mm -hmm. see the journey, those baby steps within running are going to multiply. Yeah. And it's exponential value. Adding that extra day or when it, we decide 10K is the goal then 20 to 30 minutes, maybe I want to stretch to 35 once a week. And after I get comfortable there, I stretch to 40. Mm -hmm. But it, it's it's going to take some time. Yeah. <laughs> and getting rid of the other things that you've done well mm -hmm. is not the answer. We have to keep those compliments in. I hope I've helped you with some next steps. Yes, you absolutely have. <laughs> Do you have other thought? Like, is there any other thought or question that immediately you say, ah, oh, man, I, I'm not sure I want to be able to do this better. Mm, I think what's toughest for me, I'm hearing everything you're saying. And it's just, in my mind, it's just patience. It's patience yes, with myself. That's so true. It's like, there's nothing I am do everything that you're telling me. It's like, okay, I am putting that into place. It's the patience and like mm -hmm. being consistent, the time, like it's not going to happen overnight. And I think that's the same with a weight loss journey or transformation right. journey. It doesn't happen overnight that you lose a hundred pounds. Like you've got to every single day commit to be consistent. Right. You commit, and I'll go back to where you started with your energy at the very beginning of this mm. discussion. I've said on here before, once you're awake, <laughs> at that point, that's like the hardest thing, getting out of bed a yes. lot of days, you know, when you just <laughs> want to stay under the covers. Yes. Um, once you're awake, at that point, you attack the day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Yeah. You commit to that every single day. Mm -hmm. But that's the beauty of running is that, yes, it's long-term. Mm -hmm. And we're in a world where a lot of things are snap your fingers and here they are. Yeah. And that's what makes this so much better than yeah. all those other things. That yeah. in the end, it's going to be worth that much more mm -hmm. in the end. Yeah, You did not five years ago commit to changing your life just for five years. Mm -hmm. You committed to changing your life. Yeah, it's a lifestyle change. It is, mm -hmm. absolutely. Now you are what age? 30. 30 years old. <laughs> Right? Yeah. There's a whole lot of healthy life ahead of you. Yes. And 
maybe two episodes ago, Phil and I had a discussion about having a goal is great. Mm -hmm. Having a time you want to get to is great. Uh, knowing what you need to do to get there is great. But the thing that can become the roadblock is creating an artificial timeline mm -hmm. for the goal. Yes. Don't say it has to be by the end of this week because that might not be realistic. Yeah. A timeline to some degree is good. You have to hold yourself accountable. Right. But don't make it artificial. Don't make it unrealistic. The pressure. Yes. That, that's actually yeah. going to cause more problems <laughs> than, yeah. than be a help. Chloe, before we go... Anything else you want to share from your journey you've learned, taken away, that might be just a little bit more inspiration? You've, you're a great mm -hmm. inspiration <laughs> to all our listeners. Yeah, I think wh wherever you are, to be kind to yourself, number mm -hmm. one, I think is the biggest. And what we talked about of not having that artificial timeline, I think that's where I really started to grow in my journey and where I am now is because I'm just now learning, being kind to myself, being patient with myself. And I feel like I always knew that when I first started a few years ago, but it really became more real for me now. So I think being kind to yourself is so important and showing yourself that love because it just, that's what's most important and everything else will just fall into place. So yeah, <laughs> be kind. Beautiful. And be kind to one another, because yeah. I, I guarantee, Chloe, there were, we talked about this the other day, dozens of times where I ran past you on the trail, probably. Probably. When this was just starting, and you were out <laughs> walking, mm -hmm. and uh, we never know who we're going to meet mm -hmm. uh, on a run that might someday change our journey yes. as well. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you for It's been me. fun. And again, one last time, where can people follow you? Instagram at fitgirl underscore Felicity and same on the talk, the TikTok. <laughs> All right. Super. And of course, as always, you can get a hold of us at secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. And also, please, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to us, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review. We appreciate it. It helps us get stories like Chloe's out to more people who find us and enjoy listening. Everybody have a great week. We will see you next time on Seconds Flat.